When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome one and all down here, up there, high and away over there. Hello, gentlemen, ladies, good to see you. Welcome one and all to The Late Show. I am your host, Stephen Colbert. Now, <laughs> folks, if you watch the show regularly, and I hope you do, you know that I try to have a pretty positive outlook on the world, such as it is. I see the glass is half full. I don't always know what the liquid is, and I'm... <laughs> Definitely not drinking it, but it's half full. <laughs> but current events have me uh, a little unsettled, a little, uh, little flirpy about America's future. And I'm not alone, because according to a recent CBS News YouGov Mountain Dew Code Red poll, America's <laughs> mood is uneasy and worried. Things are so stressful, our national bird is now the balding eagle. <laughs> so it's good. Long may he wave. He's got to save it. <laughs> According to the poll, 74% of Americans say things in America are going badly, and 65% of Americans say that when important things come up, President Biden is slow to act. Well, yeah, he's 79. <laughs> At his age, if he moves too fast, he'll get bruised by his shirt. The GOP doesn't fare well in this poll either because the Republicans are described by a majority as extreme. GOP responded, this poll is illegitimate, no one feels that way, and when we return to power, anyone who feels that way will be sorry when we make the purge real. <laughs> Speaking, good movie though, quality movie. Speaking of the president dealing with our problems, he uh, left us. He's in Asia this weekend. He was in South Korea, and during a press conference, he was asked about the threat that North Korea might shoot off some missiles while he's over there. First of all, whose idea was it to hold a press conference in front of a raging waterfall? <laughs> That's what you do if you're a mobster and you're afraid somebody's wearing a wire. <laughs> Today, he held a press conference next to a guy operating a jackhammer. <laughs> and that message itself, hello, has got to be pretty disappointing for Kim Jong-un. He spent four years being the focus of U.S. foreign policy, getting love letters from the former president. All he gets from Biden is, hello? <laughs> it's the most casual presidential greeting of an adversary since Reagan said this at the Berlin Wall. Mr. Gorbachev, how's it hanging, bro? How was it hanging? I remember how it hung, how it hanged. To the, to the right. <laughs> but North Korea is not the only foreign power Biden has a message for. Today, while in Tokyo, Japan, he was asked this hypothetical about China attacking Taiwan. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. 
Gulp? Come on, Joe, we have enough going on. It's like that old Coco Chanel saying, before you leave the house, look in the mirror and don't go to war with China. <laughs> Biden's very blunt statement surprised many, including the reporter who asked it, so she followed up. You are. That's the commitment we made. He sounds so resigned. <laughs> I know the spark has uh, gone out of our marriage, Doris, but it's a commitment we made, so <laughs> let's go upstairs and do the nasty. I... <laughs> I guess, or right here on the kitchen counter. It's not like the kids are around anymore to interrupt us. <laughs> but this is important, because the U.S. has historically warned China not to use force against Taiwan, while generally remaining vague about how far it would go, in a policy called strategic ambiguity. Johnny, tell them what strategic ambiguity means. If you invade Taiwan, you'll get whatever's in the mystery box. It could be a nuclear strike or a Broyhill dinette set. May God have mercy on our souls, Steve. Thank you, Johnny. Seems like Biden might have just stepped in it a little bit, which is why, uh, after his very firm yes, he did a little backstroke. Look, here's the situation. We agree with a one-China policy, but the idea that, that it can be taken by force, just taken by force, is just not, is just not appropriate. It will dislocate the entire region and be another action similar to what happened in, in, uh, in Ukraine. And so it's a, it's a burden that is even stronger. I would describe the Biden foreign policy as wistful anxiety. He's just following Teddy Roosevelt's famous dictum, speak softly. <laughs> now, when the president was, was over in Asia, he addressed the hot new virus everybody's talking about. And I'll tell you all about it in our unfortunately recurring segment. Planet of the monkey pox. Take your sticking pox off me, you damn dirty ape. While he was in Korea, the president was asked about the disease and said that everybody should be concerned. Way ahead of you. <laughs> and I understand why, because there are more than 190 confirmed or suspected cases in 16 countries, including the UK, Portugal, Germany, Belgium, France, the Netherlands, Italy, Sweden, and Spain. Evidently, monkeypox is traveling through Europe. Even worse, it now insists on pronouncing it Barcelona. <laughs> driving in a lorry. <laughs> Monkeypox has also monkeyed its way over to America, where there is now a third case down in Florida. But that's fine, because Florida knows how to handle the disease outbreak. R right, Governor DeSantis? COVID, I view, as a very minor risk. OK. <laughs> We're all dead. Now, there's a reason monkeypox has been spreading so quickly. According to one infectious disease expert at the WHO, it has gotten into the population as a sexual form, a genital form. Now, I'm no doctor. <laughs> but I know that the genital form of something is always the worst possible form. 
I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. It looks like you have a sinus infection. <laughs> the genital form. <laughs> Here's a... Uh, <clears throat> Here's a nasal spray. You're not going to like where that goes. <laughs> Thanks to our meddling genitals, this could just keep spreading. The WHO is concerned monkeypox could accelerate during summer months with mass gatherings like festivals. So be careful around primate-themed festivals like Lollapalimer, <laughs> Chimpchella, and Bonoboru. There is, however, uh, some good news for the babies, and it's not just that I never really had your nose. I'm sorry for the mix-up. Because <laughs> to help relieve the country's ongoing formula shortage on Sunday, the U.S. military airlifted baby formula from Europe. That is a shocking headline. The United States, the land of the free and home of unlimited breadsticks, has been forced to airlift formula from Europe because we can't feed our babies. If I told you five years ago this was happening, you'd say, that's got to be the worst news of the day, and then I would tell you about genital monkeypox. <laughs> but... Which also came from Europe. Which we also got from Europe. But thanks to our European friends, our babies are now ready to chow down on 132 pallets of formula from Zurich, Switzerland. Ooh, and the Swiss formula is the best. It's got those little marshmallows in it. <laughs> and I'm being told we have just received footage of the formula landing. Here comes the plane. Open up. Nom, 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 nom. Speaking of... Speaking of whiny little babies... Billionaires. <laughs> According to a new study during the COVID pandemic, a new billionaire was created every 30 hours. Specifically, between March 2020 and March 2022, 573 people became new billionaires, including 40 new pharmaceutical billionaires, which is so sad. You know they're just going to blow it all on drugs. <laughs> we also saw the addition of 62 new food billionaires. And we actually have a reaction from one such billionaire. I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. More Late Show Poncho after this. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Um, but before, before we go on with the rest of the show, I just want to take a moment here to give a shout-out to our podcast out there. For those of you who listen to the podcast, which is everyone at this point, our <laughs> podcast is every episode of The Late Show plus uh, other stuff that you don't, you don't get in, in The Late Show yeah. podcast. I mean, you don't get on the show and the broadcast, like special stuff, like maybe me explaining this right like now. Like right be now. In the podcast. Actually, it's kind of meta. Maybe not mm -hmm. on the show. Um, and you can listen to it seven days a week. But the reason, reason I want to bring that up is that... I'm not the only one who likes our podcast. So do the people, because we just won 
a Webby Award. We won a Webby Award. Practical. <laughs> you can use this. Functional. You can, like, if your suspension goes out on your Jeep, you can put this right in. <laughs> we won. This is the People's Voice Award for interview slash talk show podcast. And we're also an honoree in the comedy podcast category. Thank you, Webbies. Thank you for everybody who voted for this. Thank you to our podcast people for doing the podcast every night. And, Louis, I just got to ask you one quick question before we go on here, is that I meant to ask you this last week after we had him on, but speaking of our guests, we had, uh, uh, what we had, Anthony, Anthony Blinken, Blinken, Secretary of State. You don't get a Secretary of State Ooh. on one of these late-night shows every day. This is the only place Secretaries of State come in the United States. And, and he got up at the end of his interview and he jammed with you guys over yeah. there. He played a little left-handed guitar. Yeah. What, were you, what were you guys playing? What were you, uh, playing? you know, it was a generic uh, blues in A. Generic blues in A. I love that one. Yeah. Classic. So Classic. How, was, how, was the, how was the secretary's jamming? Because he's got his own dad band, basically, down in D.C. called... His name is Anthony Blinken, so it's called band is A. Blinken. A. Blinken. A. Blinken. A. Blinken is the name of his band. Is it A. Blinken or A. Blinken? It's A. Blinken. A. Blinken. A. Blinken. But it's one word. It's one word. A. Blinken. A. Blinken. A. Blinken. <laughs> how was his jamming? How would, you, how would you rate his jamming? It's great. Bluesy. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's more diplomatic, the Secretary of State or Louis <laughs> So, what did, what did, did it, did it, did it like, did it like cure the blues, or did it give you the blues? His blues playing. You know, if it's done well, I think it's a little of both. Wow. Can't you negotiate the peace treaty in Ukraine? <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, so that conversation right there might be something that's on the podcast that isn't in the broadcast. There instance, you go. Right there. And people go home like, what was that conversation? Listen to the podcast and find out. All right. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a daredevil investor, then you know it's been a bit of a bumpy ride recently for cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is down 59% from its all-time high, and Ethereum is down 60%. There's also been a big drop in Amazium, and I just made that upium. <laughs> With crypto crashing, if you own a non-fungible token or NFT, you are so funged. Because <laughs> evidently, celebrity-endorsed NFTs are leaving investors financially crippled. Even worse, the NFTs that do still have value just caught monkeypox. <laughs> now, reportedly, some celebrities have gotten big money to endorse NFTs. For instance, Bored Bunny NFTs endorsed by Floyd Mayweather. And there's no better source of long-term financial advice than from a man who made his money getting punched in the head. <laughs> and while we're here, why Bored Bunny? Do all NFT animals have to be bored? Why can't we be ripped off by something with a little more zazz, like mildly interested marmot or emo-emu? <laughs> Now, when, when uh, the champ, Mayweather, first endorsed board bunnies, each NFT cost about $1,500. Now a board bunny will fetch you $104.09. That's painful, but not nearly as painful as having to tell your kids, you won't be attending college because daddy bought a picture of a rabbit with a machine gun and a pacifier. <laughs> and I can see why people got duped. If you go to the board bunny website, you'll see their promise, 
Together, let's build the best exclusive club never seen before. Show to the world how strong and influent we are. <laughs> and if you fell for that, I'm guessing you were under the influent. <laughs> now, it's a red flag. It's a red flag when our retirement plan doesn't have a great grasp of grammar. Reminds me of Capital One's failed ad campaign. Capital One, what wallet inside? Loud and powering. Coming up, Jennifer Connolly. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest tonight is an Academy Award-winning actress you know from Labyrinth, A Beautiful Mind, and Snowpiercer. She now stars in Top Gun Maverick. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jennifer Connelly, everybody. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Nice to see all of you. Nice you. Lovely to have you back. You know, the, the, you've started off your summer in a big way because the, the Top Gun over there in Cannes the Top Gun Maverick, six-minute standing ovation at the end, and those French don't give that away for nothing. It was amazing. I have to say, it was yeah. it was the energy. It was palpable. It was mm -hmm. unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen the movie now three times with audiences. Yes. And every time, it's like people are just ready to have a great time in the movie theater. I think. Have you seen it in IMAX? Have you seen, yes, seen that? Because that's it in the IMAX. one I, I'm, I've been told go see that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think what they've been able to do with the flying sequences now is so mm -hmm. impactful. And there's no green screen. This is it's, this is all happening. It all happens. Yes. All the actors who are playing pilots, they all went through training. They're up there in mm -hmm. the planes, and you can feel it. So yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> My, I got to ask a very important question. At any point in this movie, and I don't want to, don't give anything away. Okay. Obviously, you no know spoilers. But at any point, does anyone in this movie take a highway to the danger zone <laughs> <laughs> or an off ramp to a perilous junction or something like that? Is there is there danger zone in the movie? So much danger zone. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Okay, then you go to London. Then you go to London. Okay, here we go. Then we this went is to London the, and we had royal a royal premiere. There you are. Which with, is very uh, special. Kate and William. Had you met them before? I had never met them before. Mm -hmm. I had once before been to a royal premiere. I know. I love this photo. Uh, you must love this photo, too. I love this Tell photo. Tell the folks what I'm about to show them. It's a photo. The last time I was at a royal premiere was in 1986, and I met Diana. And this was for? It was for the movie Labyrinth, which I... Go was a teenager when I made. That's a nice photo. Yeah. You can see how, how pink my cheeks are. I was so overwhelmed meeting her. She seemed nice? She seemed, she was impeccable. Wow. She was impeccable. You don't she look so lovely. bad yourself here. Oh, thanks. At age 16, this is how old, this is the same year the Top Gun comes out. That's when Top Gun came out, same year. Wow. Yeah, a little bit of trivia there. Did you did you like did you watch it back the the original back in the day? Did you? I watched the original back in the day, and yeah. I've rewatched it several times. I bet. Yeah. I bet. I Is there shirtless volleyball in this one? There might be shirtless something or other. Okay. 
Had you met Tom? I call him Tom. Had you met Tom Cruise before? Because uh, I, I never, never met, met the man. I never met the man. You've never met him? No, no. He's extraordinary. Yeah. I had not met him before, no. How is that possible? Because you've been famous <laughs> since you were 16. How did you not just accidentally never, cross paths over yeah, there? Yeah, I don't think that happens by accident. I don't think much of anything happens by accident with, with Tom. Tom. <laughs> I don't think so. Like, the preparation, the skill, everything. It's yeah. just um, extraordinary. Yeah. But he, yeah. I met him, and my first impression was kind of the takeaway, which is I've never met anyone more enthusiastic about everything than Tom wow. Cruise. Wow. Yeah. I think for me, it would probably be the teeth. His teeth are so beautiful. <laughs> Such beautiful teeth. Now, um, it's true. You got to grab me that. Doesn't he have beautiful teeth? Beautiful teeth. You're no slouch beautiful. yourself. Oh, Those are some you. nice gnashers. Because I sit here and I interview the guests, and I'm looking at the teeth most <laughs> of the time. Very important. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Top Gun, incredible flying sequences, you know, in the original, and this one, they say it's, you know, as you said, it's, it's I think it really kicked it up a, yeah. up a notch. But you're not a, you don't, not a oh huge fan of flying. I, I know I'm not a big fan of flying. And I actually went through a, a stage where I was incredibly bad at flying. Like, it was very traumatic for me and anyone anywhere near me on an airplane. You just lost I your literally nerve. got to a point where I, I just, like I had one, it started with a, with a bang on one flight when we took off and I just decided it wasn't okay. And I shouted that it wasn't okay. To the, to line, with, to the with whole people. plane full of people. You said what? This isn't okay? Uh, help! Help! To the, and the, no one came because we were taking off in the seatbelts. Sure. Our signs are on. And, and your name went on a bad. list somewhere. Anyway, it was somewhere the beginning, it was the beginning now, of a bad about, chapter. For this, did you do any training? I know you're not a pilotist, but did you go up? Did you fly with the jets or anything like I that? I wasn't supposed to. Oh, boy. But then there was a scene, very lovely scene, at one point where we're just, you know, Tom and I are in this plane. We're just supposed to be sitting on the tarmac. And he starts talking to me about this plane, it's a P-51, it's a vintage plane, it happens to be his plane. And um, have I ever done any aerobatic flying? And am I interested in aerobatic flying? And I start to become suspicious that I'm gonna sure. be doing aerobatic <laughs> flying. Yes. And I say, am I? And he says, it's gonna be very beautiful. We're gonna do some very gentle, graceful rolls in the plane. And I... I <laughs> wow. And it's Tom, so you don't want... you trying to be a little bit cool sure. around him. Yeah. So I didn't say, hold on, wait, I have a terrible fear of flying. I said, yeah, that's cool. I'm ready. <laughs> and Let's then do you, it. Did you it's gonna be take great. off at that moment? Did you take off? No, we didn't take off in the moment. Well, I didn't know. I thought I maybe know, he just not? like trapped you, yeah. locked the doors. Let's go. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. They planned for it. Wow. And, you know, it and gave... how was it? Was it beautiful and graceful and everything you'd want it to be? Honestly, it was. I mean, look, we started and uh, he started the engine and flames burst out. That surprised me, wow. definitely. But that's supposed to happen. Evidently, yes. Yeah. I, he didn't. He forgot to tell yeah, yeah, me yeah, that yeah, that yeah. might happen. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it it actually was. We took off and it was dawn and we were in the desert and it was that's kind amazing. of beautiful. That's fantastic. Tom, I'll go up with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to tempt him. Trying to tempt yeah. him in some way. Yeah. yeah. We have to take a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, I will ask Jennifer if she, like Tom, does her own stunts. <laughs> 
calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week, we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Everybody, we're back here with Jennifer Connelly uh, from Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, obviously, uh, Mr. Cruz famously does his own stunts. Yes. Um, I do, too. And <laughs> But do you do your own stunts? Because uh, there's a little action sequence, a bit of an action sequence here, and I want to know if this is really you doing it here. I'm not going to explain what it is. You're not a pilot, but you do pilot something. I do. I'm, I'm at the helm of a vessel. Jim? You have to get the boat to the yard. I can't go. What do you mean you can't go? Test tomorrow, I have to study. They only told us today. Well, I can't sail her alone. Just use the engine. Why are we taking her to the yard? To, to fix, fix the, the engine. engine. <laughs> I can help. No, Rockford, the is expecting. You don't say. You're supposed to be in the Navy! I don't sail boats, Penny. I land on them. <laughs> Had you... That's... <laughs> That's a continuous shot. You're driving that boat there, I right? I am, yeah. And it's a bit rumply out there. It was, you know, we, we filmed that sequence twice, actually. We filmed it the first time outside of San Diego, and it was very beautiful, mm -hmm. and it was, you know, we had lovely shots, and there were dolphins even swimming beside us. Uh, and Tom was like, yeah, this isn't fast enough. Uh, so we redid the scene, and we went to San Francisco. For the rough weather. For the rough weather, for the, you know, for the wind, and, um, and that's what we have. How, did you, had you sailed before? I was taking lessons before in preparation for the so movie. So just for this movie, yeah, because the, movie. that's a sizable boat. There's probably 36, 40-foot boats, something yeah, like and that. Yeah, we and we're moving really fast, so, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, um... Do you like the feeling of the, the, I the helm it. in your hand? I 
Yeah, it sounds like a euphemism, but yeah. Sure. Yes, <laughs> it can um, be both. Uh, it was great. It was amazing. Um, I was taking lessons in, in. I started in New York here, and you know, because I live in Brooklyn, and so I was the taking lessons in the harbor, which was interesting. That's busy. Yeah, it's kind of like learning how to drive on the autobahn. You know, <laughs> like, I don't recommend it as a first. Place or learn to how to skateboard on the autobahn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I was doing that, and everywhere I went before filming, I was trying to take. Uh, selling lessons to prepare. Well, Jennifer, it's lovely to see you. Thank you so much for being here. It's lovely to see you. I look forward to seeing it in Thank IMAX. Thank you. Thank you. My best to your husband. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.